Oh crap, I didn't put what popsicle is. We are popsicle, a group of what is it? Like-minded. Oh, that's fine. This that little first part is just a quick creators. little is just a quick little like, hey, we're popsicle, and the music starts literally right away. Oh, okay. Well then so get the okay. rest of this junk out of here. It's yeah. not junk. I don't know who wrote that, but it's yeah. not junk. No, I, I just saying you don't have to say hello, we are like popsicle. It. You don't have to say hello, we are popsicle specifically. You can say it however you want to, Kelly Sue. That's the point. Well, I'm gonna say it exactly like that. <laughs> hello. We are popsicle specifically. Welcome to that episode was Popsicle's water cooler discussion of currently airing TV series. We're giving our searing opinions and brilliant reactions in real time this time. Right now, we're watching Why the Last Man, the story of the last surviving male human on the planet. Why the Last Man is based on the Vertigo comic series of the same name from writer Brian K. Vaughn and artist Pia Guerra and is currently streaming on FX on Hulu. This week, we'll be chopping up episode four entitled Karen and Benji, where we get a deeper look at the characters of Hero and Sam as they make their way to DC and watch as 355 and York's journey hits a few massive speed bumps. Before we continue, I'm issuing you this final warning. All of the spoilers abound. So if you haven't watched this or any episode, go do that now. Anyone who says we spoiled it after this fair warning is gonna get a kick to the shin. <laughs> I feel like you think from the way you're responding so far, York deserves that a little bit. Yes. Yeah, I feel, I like, I feel like, the, I feel like this energy is- Maybe a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> How many words does that kick him in the shin? That's five. This, this episode was five words for Kelly. Before Sam. we even get introduced, <laughs> let's just agree that Yorick is a shitbird. And let's yes. go. Yes. You all agree. Yeah. We're Yorick all on the stage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into it's that. True. Yeah, I think we'll I wrote that. I think I wrote those exact words in my notes. Yes. I'm telling you what. It's Yorick like sucks. I need to make a note. That's how <laughs> deeply I feel about it. Um, I am. Kelly Sue Milano. I am the writer of X11, an incredible comic that I create with my brilliant associate, Lisa K. Weber, Hello. who is the creator and artist of Hex11 and co-owner of Hex Comics, Loki Aficionado. Hey, Lisa. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Claire Thorne. She's our unexpected hobbyist. She is also the author of A Geek Guide to Cross-Stitch Journeys in Space. Yes. She's our Thor aficionado, interestingly. <laughs> I guess yes. you never really put this together. <laughs> Absolutely. I am. Um, I should be a I should be a, a a a guide to the apocalypse as well. So I that's yes. will be my next book, I think. He's also our a geek's guide to the apocalypse. <laughs> we have Philip Kelly, who we call our fearless producer, actor, writer, TikTok dancer, creator extraordinaire. Hi, Phil. Hi, and also currently suffering from heat stroke. 
We'll be okay. Oh, oh God, caffeine, because caffeine helps with you. Yeah, caffeine, caffeine is the best thing great possible. for heat stroke. Yeah. Nothing, yeah, nothing right? like hot coffee when you're, you know. <laughs> but it's a, it's, yeah. it's a latte. It's cool. It's a solid plan. Really friendly to the liver. <laughs> and finally, Justin Penniston, writer of the hard-boiled webcomic Hunter Black and Netflix's Sonic Prime. He's the first guy that's going to give you the what for. What's up, Justin? <laughs> I'm going to give you the what for. What's up? <laughs> I mean, um, I think I forgot to mention that we are... I forgot to say, as always, I'm joined by the rest of the illustrious Popsicle team. <laughs> so... Now just you just said it. Though. That's fine. You just said it. So we're okay. You can there move you go. On. Doesn't need any editing. That was okay. natural. Jumping right into this discussion, I'm fired up because wow, this episode is a challenge for me. I'm just gonna dive right into the talking points that I put together. Okay, we open with a beautiful flashback dream hallucination of 355 singing and dancing on stage in a gorgeous gown, very a la Billie Holiday. This quickly cuts to her wandering through a forest and stopping abruptly at a cliff. So let's start here. What is this cold open about? What do you guys think? Anxiety. Right? If I yeah. were a super spy, I'd be anxious. I don't even really care how badass I am. I mean, and she's in a circumstance that nobody could have predicted she works in the worst circumstances i'm assuming like all the time and she works in a condition of like not really being herself either all the time and i think um this is the most like i don't know has she ever had a mission where she's had to like stay with someone and actually help them and do it in a way that is not completely um, she's not hiding herself completely. I mean, she's hiding her name, but that's about it at this point. Um, so I would imagine that that's all very uncomfortable for her. Um, in addition to the fact that babysitting Yorick is, if there was ever a man that was going to be the last man and that is the man that needs all the women to take care of him, it's Yorick. Like I felt that way since the graphic novel, right? Like, and yeah, babysitting York is not initially going to be a good time at all. And it certainly wasn't in this episode, but, but yeah, no, I think, I think this, I think it's a dream, right? Mm -hmm. I think, I think this is a dream she's had. And I think that it, it just kind of signals her discomfort and the anxiety she has over this particular mission um, and the status of the world around her like it there really is reason to think that humanity is getting ready to maybe like walk off the edge of a cliff sure oh yeah oh, well and and, and the fact blind. that and the fact that she killed two good soldiers the previous episode which she didn't seem too happy about doing yeah i think i think there's some disassociation and some inner trauma from that because when that thing blew up she did not look pleased with the action she had to take um, and, and i'm sure she wasn't that. pleased no i i agree yeah. that i think Sure, the mission probably has its fair share of anxiety inducements, but this is probably the first time she's ever killed someone who didn't deserve it for the greater good. Right. You know, and that's that's a lot, you know. Um, and and that's probably compounded by the fact that you're such a shitbird. <laughs> you know, I mean, imagine yeah. killing two good people 
to save someone who under any other circumstance wouldn't be worth saving, okay. you know? I feel like we've created a very detailed and um, well thought out um, definition for cheese dick. So if we're going with shitbird for Yorick, <laughs> then I feel like there's a different definition here. I don't oh, totally. I don't think Yorick is a cheese dick. Yeah, but he's yeah. a shitbird, and yeah, completely. We're just going to have to develop that over the yeah, course. Yeah, no, of this Yorick season. doesn't deserve to be a cheese dick. No, he's not cheese dick. No, because cheese dicks. Yeah, you. Sh yeah, I and I usually mm. feel like cheese dicks have some kind of like power. Yeah, they're common sense. Yeah, very sensory intelligence. Yeah, yeah, very least. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Lisa. Yeah. What do you? Oh, well, no, I was just like in? the the kind of musical number sequence. I I honestly was like, I don't know. I'm open to interpretation on that one um, because it was so out of the character that we. It was so out of character what we've seen. So I'm like, I don't even know like how to place that. It was so jarring. You know what it reminded me of? I don't know how many of you saw the film version of Chicago. Yes, of course, Jerry, I did. But there's a moment where Billy Flynn is really having to spin some yarn on behalf oh, of yeah. Roxy Hart, and he's doing a really intense tap dance. That's yeah. a really that's probably one of the best numbers in that. It's beautiful, it's so by good. the way. Yeah, yeah. That's what it reminded me of, where it's totally. like she's having to perform mm. so hard, and then she gets sidetracked by the male dancer. Mm. And he actually pulls her off stage. Mm. And I'm like, any guess as to who that's the stand-in for? <laughs> I would I would prefer the male dancer at this point. I mean, right? He well, seems like he's actually... got his shit together. <laughs> okay. So this is a perfect transition into, you know, she comes up to the cliff and the next we're basically just kind of tossed into 355 and Yorick's reality following their helicopter crash in quotes in the woods outside of Boston. So these scenes were difficult to watch for me. Um, we're given a not so subtle look at York's toxic and in this case, actually dangerous entitlement mm -hmm. and how 355 yeah. struggles to do her very important job <laughs> as a result of that. Um, you know, I think that it's really interesting that the world is ending and Yorick's life hasn't actually changed that much. Yeah, it was, in, it was incredibly frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was incredibly course, frustrating. Uh, we can also talk about 355's fucking brilliant shakedown of Yorick on the bridge. The bridge but scene. Before we get yeah, to yeah. that, what do we um, think about yeah, this? Yeah, um, so like right off the bat, when he's like fucking watching video of his girlfriend on his phone, I was like, what the fuck? How, how is your phone even on, first of all? And like, what the fuck? You're just lying down in your fucking tent doing fuck all, <laughs> not foraging, not doing anything useful, just wistful about your girlfriend or whatever. And so first of all, I was like, how is his phone being powered? And then when it's like revealed, like, oh, we have this generator that we're willing to trade for this motorbike. I was like, he was using the fucking generator 
to keep his phone on. Oh my God. I'm so yeah. mad. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. the juxtaposition of the, what he's doing during all of those early scenes in the, while they're camping and what she's doing, because she is on, on point, right? She understands we're in the apocalypse. Currency is not going to matter. We have to get from point A to point B and we're going to need to go barter and we're going to have to go do stuff. I'm going to dismantle things. And you're, can you just fucking get some bolts? Like all you have to do is the bolts. Yeah. I mean, come on, dude, I'm doing the laundry, which is such a, <laughs> her, you know, forcing him to, uh, to get undressed so that she can do the laundry. It's such a, a patriarchal, you know, like the women do the laundry and the women it, yeah, it just, no, I, yeah, I have no patience for any of that crap. So when we get to the bridge scene though, like I appreciated that we had all of that because when we do get to the bridge scene, it is a stand up and shout hallelujah glory moment of just yes, woman. Yes. That's what we all need to say. Like you just don't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and it's like, I, I, I got all of that and I appreciated that about the bridge scene, but it was like, he clearly wasn't like listening or taking any of it in and that, yeah. so yeah, I was like less satisfied by the scene because he clearly wasn't paying attention. Sure. It's yeah. too early in the story for him to change. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. If, if you were to start changing now, it'd be unearned. I think, I think, uh, the reaction totally. that I, you guys, I mean, you ladies are having the absolute, like, yes, this is the reaction. Like, I think the show's doing its job really well because you're having this reaction. Uh, yeah. they, like, the, the, the creators behind this show, women, are like, this is, women are going to hate this because we're writing them, to this character, to hate him. And you do, you hate him. Uh, you hate this guy. Can I just um, say my least favorite, tro one of my least favorite tropes, though, is that someone tells someone else not to do a very specific thing. 355 says, don't wander away. You stay with me while we're, you know, doing our shit. And the first thing the person does is do the exact thing that they were just told specifically not to do. It's my but least he saw his girlfriend, Clarence. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, what would you do? Well, I think so much of this, so much of the point of this is that Yorick is a fucking child. Mm -hmm. yes. I mean, almost less than a child. Um, right. And, you know, children really don't learn until someone whips their ass half the time. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And that's exactly what happens here. You know, she, her telling him isn't good enough, you know, so he's got to have, you know, he's got to get himself into trouble and then he's got to burn himself on the oven burner, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, have these women you know, the, the women protecting the, the cop family women um, whip his ass a little bit. And even then he has the nerve to criticize the way in which 355 rescues him. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, sheer. It, it is frustrating. He's just having a tantrum. And He's having there was a one moment, big long tantrum. Th there was a moment when I was like, they, they are leaning really hard on, you know, on the subtext here of his being a useless little dude. Um, but I really appreciate it, especially in that bridge scene, that when she's when 355 is telling him, you know, you've always been the golden boy, always been the, the most important person in the room, she never says, 
it's because you're a male. Because there's a lot more to the subtext than that. You know, 355 is not just a woman. She's a black woman. Yeah. You know, like, so I could really absorb the fact that this just isn't about the fact that he's a man. It's that he's a white man, that he's a straight man, that he's a man who comes from privilege. You know, I mean, by which I mean class as opposed to just being, you know, I mean, he, this guy won the lucky lotto, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of where to end up in life. and has no appreciation for it whatsoever and so i really appreciated that she didn't they didn't fall into the trap of making her make this solely a male female issue but it actually a you're terrible (laughs) you know (laughs) like you specifically your ass is terrible and that should be what the show is about because it's about women assuming power and looking at how that you know this the ultimate goal of you know feminism in a certain way is to to elevate women to a place of of equal power in this story it's you know they've got all the power but in any case part of what we're going to be seeing and seeing already is that is that feminism and wishing for women to be treated well does not translate into women treating people well, right? Like, so if the, if all of the issues mm-hmm. aren't treated with that same level of, of looking at yeah. all the intersectionality of it, then the show is going to be really, really, yeah. you know, a huge failure. And so far I don't and see we'll, that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're definitely going to get into more of those themes in our next discussion point, but before we move on, I really do want to give big up to Ben Schnetzer, Ben Schnetzer. Mm-hmm. That's how I said The yeah. actor who plays Yorick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a challenging role mm-hmm. to play someone so infuriating and mm-hmm. be committed enough that the audience can be as fucking pissed <laughs> as I was watching it and that's a brilliant performance because if you half-ass it then I'm gonna start feeling sympathy or maybe just be like this is terrible acting which was not the case right but I think what's amazing and why it was such a triggering episode for me as a woman is because we've all had a conversation like that with a man where we're the ones saying this is this is the situation, man. And he's like, (laughs) well, actually, it's like, well, actually, yeah, exactly. Uh, Do you you find yourself having to lie to the man like she does to him uh, to get him to settle down and do what he needs to do? Because she totally notice. lied to him about going to get the girlfriend yeah. afterwards. It's a lie. Like, no. I don't even notice that, that I'm doing that half the <laughs> time because it's so ingrained in me to just do that, to just move on. Yeah. Well, so and I think it's interesting what Justin mentioned about York kind of being a child is that that's the way you treat a child. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, after this, we'll totally go get an ice cream. <laughs> exactly. And what you're really saying is, <laughs> can you just get in the fucking car? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Oh, my goodness. Right. So, yeah, really, really interesting points all around. But then we also, in this episode, we come back to... Break. Um, break? break first? Oh, okay. Yeah, and then we'll... Before we go into what I was just talking about, we're actually <laughs> going to take a break. 
So we're going to see you back here. After this is a real tight baby. episode, y'all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to see you back here after some very important messages. And we'll discuss more of this episode of Why the Last Man. We should keep all this in the recording. <laughs> Now that I have just been mansplained by Philip about how to host this episode. <laughs> no, no. No, I think you were no. girlsplained. I think Lisa <laughs> led the charge on that one. Well, no, well, Phil did Lisa, this thing and I was like, oh, break. I was, Lisa, so I was, I was, I was part of the problem. No, that was a joke. Sure. That was a top, that was a topical <laughs> joke. I'm so um, glad that when I first thought I should signal that we need to go to break. I'm not going to do that. I'm so glad uh, that, that I'm see, not going to do see. that instinct no. took over. <laughs> the producer is love the producer how I'm like hit. Philip was mansplaining to me, except <laughs> it's literally his job. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna add that to the things that he does in the intro. Exactly. Philip, when, when Lisa does it, she's Virgo splaining, and that's totally different. <laughs> Dustin might know a little bit about that. Oh, <laughs> Um, all right, go ahead. Uh, okay, here we go. Ready? <laughs> We're back. Um, in this episode, we are getting a much needed closer look at Hero, who we haven't seen much of since the first episode, really. And what we find is a very complex, possibly even selfish woman who is running from her demons, both literally and figuratively. Getting to see how this relationship plays out with her friend Sam is poignant, but again, difficult. They collide with Nora and her daughter and fall into the throes of a brand new group and their sheriff, I'm guessing. Let's dig in to these two story arcs kind of colliding and then meeting a brand new group of folks. Very Ella Walking Dead. Can I start I, by? Oh, go ahead, Lisa. Yeah, you please, go ahead. No, no, you start, oh. Phil. You oh. start. All right. This is uh, just a quick observation. I let it like the kiss in this episode was one of the steamiest kisses mm -hmm. I have seen in a very long time. I was watching this on the train on my phone, and I had to look up around suddenly because I didn't know people were watching me biting my lip or not, because uh, I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" Uh, like it was having like just had no like having women direct and produce and things like that this moment was more tender it was more intimate than i imagine it would have been if a man were in control and i absolutely recognized that immediately in this episode mm -hmm. that was an amazing kiss an amazing moment yeah. of vulnerability from both characters um yeah, i agree there yeah. was uh there's really good chemistry there i was feeling yeah. that too um i dug that moment a lot um generally speaking i mean obviously of the two kind of storylines we were following in this one um this was by far my preferred one <laughs> um and uh yeah i thought like i i agree totally that um hero it's like i it's like i know that hero is avoiding like going to dc because there's some like major beef with her mother mm -hmm. um that we haven't really been given to understand what the real nature or gravity of it is and so it 
I don't know, it better be pretty good <laughs> for like, her to be this yeah. resistant. Um, yeah. She, where she's breaking the car. and But isn't she your ex-sister? Didn't she mm. come from the same poison this is womb? True. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, oh my God, you just called Diane Lane's womb. I love Diane Lane. I'm just messing around. Oh my God. Mean <laughs> Diane in this but manner. The, but the, the, the thing about it is, I, I think no, it's, it's a in fair the blood. Point, fair I think point. she's just awful. I think she's yeah. just awful. Yeah. Totally. Like, I, I don't think we're going to get a satisfying, like, my mother did this thing to me or. Like mm-hmm. there's not going to be a, a, a significant trauma. It's going to be oh, I'm weak because I grew up too privileged, you know, yeah, and that probably. being feckless and crappy, you know. And she's at least she's not really useless because at least she's an EMT, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but being a crappy person is just a product of being overly privileged and not disciplined, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and I. Oh, yeah. I, that's kind of the first thought I had when we were talking about how Yorick is acting like a child and having to be treated like a child. I think Yorick and Hero are very much in the same place in terms of like personal responsibility and emotional maturity at the moment. They're, they're acting out on it in different ways. And York has somebody who actually can take responsibility. And, you know, I I feel a sense of hope for York in the sense that, you know, he's with someone who will ultimately help whip him into shape. Um, I'm not so optimistic about Hero at the moment because she doesn't have that same check. Um, And I'm very worried. Boy, the biggest part of, the biggest tension I had and the biggest difficulty I had watching this episode was the overwhelming tension and fear I had that they're going to do something violent to Sam. And I oh, yeah, really yeah, yeah, do yeah. not want it to happen very much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't. And I, if they don't, if they take it a different direction and make it something more valuable, because they're clearly putting him in danger. And I, I get that that is a very realistic circumstance in this world, right? I get it. Absolutely. They have a chance here to do something very meaningful and brilliant, or they have the chance to just do that throwaway trope that is just so like, it, it would just be so meaningless. So I'm, I was, I was happy with the way that the episode ended just in terms of like, oh, we made it through that one without, well, there, without there that a, happening. It, it was an interesting yeah. angle to that, though, in the fact that and I was actually wondering this based on something Lisa said last episode. Uh, actually, it was Justin, Lisa, and we were talking about the doctor. I was thinking to myself, what parts of the world are, or what people are going to be happy that all the men are gone? Uh, obviously, in this place where these women were seriously abused, they are more than happy that men are gone. And the angle that I found to be interesting, at least in the the questioning of Sam is like, why would you want to be a man? Like, because they're coming from a very abused uh, background um, and they don't see that as being a good thing in any sense of the word. Well, it was I also found, really turfy because they were like, why yeah. did you choose to be a man? And he was oh, yeah, like, it was very turfy. choose to be a man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. was, yeah, which was, we needed that as a response, I think. As, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was an interesting, as opposed to it being like just people hating, uh, trans people it felt like it was coming from a place of people who were abused by men who uh 
you know, and, and the minute they were told to step down, they stepped down. Mm-hmm. So it's a, you know, it's a, yes, I was like, shit, I hope they don't go the route here of just like, we're going to go after the trans person to create tension. And, and I hope they don't go to that well often. I don't often. think that would go over well. I don't think um, it would. I think the they're going to be public consumption I, that would not go over well. Yeah. I think yeah, they're going to probably not do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think but, Sam is going to be safe for a while. Yeah. I mean, um, we'll see. But I the think alarm, he's the be alarm safe for a while. did go off in my head a little bit as was yeah, you know, totally, it's very, totally. it was very uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Kind of, scenes. Uh, oh, I, I was absolutely oh. scared of that. Mm-hmm. And especially because. You know, there are hints in Heroes and in Nora's story that they're going to a certain part of what happened, something that happened in the comic. Mm-hmm. And that situation would definitely put Sam at risk, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was like, are they about to fridge Sam? You know? And then I was like, oh, no, I think we're Heroes awful and that might save Sam's life. Uh, I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> Followed immediately by, oh, no, the way that Heroes awful doesn't protect Sam at all. If, <laughs> all <right. laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this came up in previously in our episodes talking about this or we. I had another podcast where we were talking about this show as well. And it may have come up there because we had um, someone, a guest on that podcast who's trans. Um, but there's at least one trans writer because uh, Charlie Jane Anders is oh, a, a listed yeah. writer on the show. Oh, yeah. you told us that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, previous episode. yeah. But, but so that's very hopeful to me is that there's, mm-hmm. there's that representation in yeah. the writing room. Um, yeah. So I think, I, I think, and I, I'm confident to a certain degree that that understanding mm-hmm. and sensitivity mm-hmm. is going to be in the writing in this show. Yeah. Um, I so yeah, it's really interesting. Good, yeah, I have a good sense that all of the infuriating threads that are being spun in these early episodes are going to lead to some really interesting and nuanced places as we move through this season. Um, I mean, let's hope so. Am I right? Yes. Um, uh, I, I mean, I imagine that that's sort of the point. Um, I love all of this, by the way, I love all of the, like, this is just good stuff to talk about. <laughs> if we're gonna, you know, you guys, if we're gonna watch shows, we know we're gonna frustrate us. Like, you know, the, here comes a show and we know there are characters that are gonna frustrate us we should just do it together because it's the only way we can survive it is to do it together and talk about it we weren't doing this it's like i I, like i think i said it in the first episode i'm not generally a fan of apocalypse stuff Mm -hmm. we were doing this i wouldn't even watch the show if i'm being honest but because we're doing this i can watch it because i know i can like release my feelings yeah (laughs) we are happy Um, for you to dump that release upon us totally Before we, I I agree. I think I would have quit the show by now. One hundred percent. Yeah, I would have quit the show at this episode. Am I the only one who would not have quit the show? Well, the thing is, I'm not sure it's a show that deserves to be quit. No, you know, because I'm not saying it's a bad show. No, but it it is a hard show to watch, and Mm -hmm. that's you know. And I will say, just final note before we move on, I um, I was intrigued (laughs) by the. Costco society that we're about to see oh, oh my God, in the next yes. episode. Oh, yeah. My husband so, went- I, so it's like I that the Costco society was enough for me to be like, you know what? Okay. I, I'm vaguely curious what that's gonna look like next week. <laughs> I, I can yeah. I, I'm not tripping. The 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 Costco society, these women, 
yeah that mm -hmm. <laughs> have Nora and and Hero they uh -huh. are the women that were in the firefight with 355 in the market right no like that woman no. was, wasn't that the shopkeeper who got shot in the no. shoulder no. no, no, no. The shopkeeper. Sure? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking leg. about the cop lady. The cop lady got shot in the leg. Right. Yeah. No, but remember but the, the, shopkeeper, the cop lady got I shot in the leg. I don't think that was the shopkeeper. The shopkeeper, it was definitely the shopkeeper who got no. shot. No, the I shoulder. know the shopkeeper yeah. got shot in the, the shoulder. Women. I don't think that was the woman on the operating table. That wasn't the woman on the operating table. Two, two very different body types. Yeah, they're headed think, to Washington. I think, I think you're absolutely wrong. They were both bulky women with I think curly you're absolutely brownish hair. Wrong. We're gonna have to consult the internet to but find did out you who's say actually. Right. They were both bulky women. <laughs> they were. They were because they were that's a Costco pun. Were they? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, god. No. 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 Sue. Okay. Oh my god. You oh are, my god. You are the endless cherry on the Sunday, Jerry. All right. Kelly Sue. We, we're going to have to end this on. here, but we, we will promise our audience that we are going to fight about this off screen and then come back next episode and we will announce who won this particular uh, argument. Because oh, we can nerd explain this. Someone's going to do Oh, Justin's going to go do it now. All right. Yeah. Before we move on to our next segment. I do just want to shine an appreciative light on the moment that Nora is walking out of the barn before they go into the Costco mm -hmm. and she passes Hero and she says, I know who your mom is, Karen. Yeah. And I was like, that was what? nicely done, Nora. <laughs> Way to go, Nora. And can, I could not get past that it was Karen. Yep. I think they were, mm -hmm. they knew what they were doing with that. Oh, name, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> ah, okay. How do I transition to the hot take, Phil? Uh, just however you want. Okay, cool. Well, then these are my hot takes. First one <laughs> is not so hot. I hate Yorick. <laughs> I don't know if that can be described as a hot take. Because <laughs> we all sure. hate him. And I don't like to, I really don't like to cry trigger often. Like this is triggering to me, but this was triggering for me. Mm. Not only that, he does look like a guy that I used to date who had a very similar attitude. So that part of it's on me personally. <laughs> I'm not going to put that on the show, but um, the way that they're presenting his entitlement is so, it's too perfect and it becomes it hits home in an unexpected way. Um, this episode for me was really about privilege and, and who has it and who doesn't have it. Um, and that those who have it are the ones who really center themselves in every single experience. We obviously see it in Yorick where he's at the end of the world and he's basically saying that I need to find my girlfriend and it's like that's like so last on the list <laughs> and then with Hero being like all the people around me this person I deeply care about wants to go to this place to get specific help but I really don't want to see my mom so I'm going to break a car that works in order to like further my agenda and then be like, 
forgive me. Like, it's shocking, but it's also really real. So in a way, I was really struck by um, that experience and that the way that they put forward privilege like that. And it also really had me thinking about like, when do I do that? Which is uncomfortable, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I always think it. of that as toxic femininity. Yes. You know, that, sure. that, you know. 100%, 100%. Uh, my final hot take is that EMTs will inherit the earth. Yep. Pure and simple. Yeah. Because as much as hero sucks, he's got skills. <laughs> Very and useful uses, skills. Yeah. And uses those skills, um, I think, pretty generously. You know, she sees somebody that she knows she can help. And I feel like that is one of the saving graces of her character is that. Yeah. There is a part of her that knows what's that knows what the good thing to do is, and does it for the most part. Well, she'll do it if it doesn't run counter her to her agenda. To her agenda. Yeah. To yeah. her. Not even her agenda so much. To her um, addictions and neuroses. Yeah. I, I was going to say so where Yorick seems like a child, she yeah. seems like an addict. You know, Big time. Yeah. They, they set that up pretty well, early on. Yeah. yeah, and there's not a lot of difference there necessarily. I mean, it's the same not kind of behavior to some degree, but yeah. It's true. Children are inherently self-centered. And, Sorry, you know, else. alcoholism is a disease of narcissism. So there you go. Those are my hot takes. And they were meant to be uplifting. <laughs> 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 can I add one really brief hot take? Of course you can. Uh, those two women, those two stocky, bulky women, are different women. I was wrong. Oh snap! And Someone the, can't watch TV well. The review that I, but the reviewer that I read, literally said, I thought they were the same woman until I looked until I looked them up in the credits. So wow, I don't feel too bad. We do have it recorded. There you go. That Justin fact checked himself. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If then mansplaining is going to happen, it should be uh -huh. to themselves. Yeah. So there we go. That's amazing. Um, okay. So here we go. It's time. Let's start with Lisa. That episode was infuriating. <laughs> okay. Phil, that um. episode was dynamic Ooh, i like it claire that episode was juvenile and i'm not talking about the writing or the show but it's focus and that's not necessarily a bad thing but it it was yeah juvenile justin that episode was focused <laughs> i yeah. mean it, it definitely zeroed in on the concept of privileged brattiness and mm -hmm. You know. Yep. And this will come as no surprise. That episode was a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> In good ways and bad ways. Okay, so as we do here at Popsicle, anytime we're watching anything that's super cool and super hip, we like to offer a recommendation of something that you might also like. So Claire, 
take it away. Well, I'm very quickly going to recommend a book um, that I read a few years ago. I think it came out in 2017 or 2018, 2017, um, called The Power by mm. Naomi Alderman, mm. which is the story of, it's a very similar story in terms of it is about how through some sort of unexplained event, women suddenly gain the power to like generate electricity in their bodies. And so the, the world experiences a very major shift in the power dynamic between the genders, because now women, all women have the power to harm, um, in a way that is, you know, it's, it, it's, it has that kind of X-Men you know, mutant kind of feel to it, but it's mm -hmm. just that all women are affected by it. Um, and I think what it does really, really well, this book, um, the same way why the last man, one of the things it does really, really well is show how power imbalance, regardless of, of who is benefited by it, that power imbalance always brings with it negative, um, aspects. And mm -hmm. if, all of the women are suddenly in power. It doesn't mean that all of the women are behaving well and doing mm -hmm. the good things and being good people. Um, that's not what feminine, that's not what the feminist movement is about. It's not yes. about this idea that, well, women are just inherently better than men. Therefore we should, you know, do whatever it is mm -hmm. about, um, equality. And so I think it's a very, very good look at, at how, just that imbalance of power. And I think that's something that we're exploring really deeply and why the last man is totally is perfect. All of that stuff. So perfect yes. recommendation. Before we sign off, where can our listeners find each of the popsicle co-hosts? I post a new page of my hard-boiled fantasy webcomic Hunter Black every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at hunterblackcomics.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at hunterblackcomx. I am at Philip Creates all over the place. Um, you can find Hex 11, the comic that Kelly Sue and I make at hexcomics.com. And you can find my art and stuff um, on the social medias at lcatweber. I am Claire Thorne. I am at Unexpected Hobby on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find my geeky cross-stitch patterns in my Etsy store, Unexpected Hobby. You can find me at Kelly Sue Says on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and I believe that's it. If you liked this conversation, be sure to like and subscribe to Popsicle on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon podcasts, or wherever you shop for podcasts. New episodes of Why the Last Man release on FX on Hulu every Monday, and new episodes of That Episode Was will release every following Friday. We are also currently releasing new episodes of Murder Husbands, our episode-by-episode -episode discussion of Brian Fuller's Hannibal, those are on every Tuesday. Our previous series, Dream Journal, about Neil Gaiman's The Sandman comic series, and Through the Ring, about the Expanse television series on Amazon Prime, are available through the Fanbase Weekly podcast at fanbasepress.com and all the regular podcast sources. Follow Popsicle Pod on all social media sites and visit our website, popsiclepod.com, for all of the Popsicle information. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter to get all the latest news and announcements for free. And remember, that's Popsicle, spelled P-O-P-S-K-L.
this has been a Popsicle production.